This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Agenda on the Blood Red Channel with myself, Sean Bradbury, and Connor Dunn. I'm going to try and answer the difficult question which is lingering over Liverpool's season at the moment, which is what has gone wrong since the winter break, with a particular focus on a defeat away to Chelsea in the FA Cup. Now, Ian Doyle's analysis on the whistle last night, some of you may have read, and he highlighted a few factors which he homed in on and said these are the things that have gone wrong for the Reds over the last few weeks. So we'll, we'll take a look at them in turn. So the first one, Connor, that Doyle went for was defensive indecision. Um, what do you think has happened at the back, in particular last night, but over the last few few weeks and games? There seems to be just a little lack of cohesion around the back four at the moment. Um, I know obviously a lot of fingers are pointed at Lovren after that Watford defeat, but it's quite clear last night that it's nothing to do with that. And yeah. obviously they might have missed Trent's outlet down the right with Neko Williams in place. But actually, I think Williams did very well considering really. Mm. Um, I think Van Dijk hasn't been at his best. I don't think Gomez was quite at it. And Robertson needs a break. Um, he's played every minute of every game, but... You know, there's just no real cover for him, especially with Milner starting on the bench. So, yeah, there just there just seems to be a, a lack of I don't know, a lack of communication or a lack of awareness, and just things just slightly going wrong. Because you think before Watford, Liverpool in the league had only conceded 17 goals for the entire season, yeah. and then in the last four games they've conceded eight, which is a just ridiculous difference because it's almost half the amount in in four games that they've done in in 20. So. Mm. Yeah, you, you've got to wonder what's going on. Obviously, you can point the finger at Adrian a little bit for that first goal last night, but there just seems to have been mistakes that have been creeping in to the defence. Where the defence has been so infallible and so strong for such a long time, we kind of got used to it just being just being perfect and solid the whole time. But you know, there's been a few mistakes in the last couple of games that have led directly to goals. Adrian Robertson's missed past Watford and people not tracking the runners. There's just been just been issues that have been going wrong that mm. I don't know if it's maybe a mental tiredness or physically tired, but there's definitely something there. I think you're right. It, it is hard to, to point the finger at individuals, isn't it? And I think it would be unfair to do so. I think you guys on, on the pods earlier in the week had talked about Lovren and it, I don't think he was culpable for any of the goals in particular per se against Watford, but there was a there was a general shakiness that he brought to proceedings, and you know, you, I, I kind of thought, well, just Gomez's ability to bring the ball out from the back, to play it with pace and precision, and and help the midfield out in in that sense, um, it was something that was missing. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of happening game on game, isn't it? Which would suggest that it's that it's not down to any individuals. It's a it's a kind of more general malaise at the moment. Well, we'll move on to the next factor that Doyle highlighted, which is a midfield muddle. Um, and and I guess here, if if Lovren's been the one who's perhaps been slightly scapegoated defensively. Fabinho has been the man who's, who's pretty much been ever present uh, in this run. And he's the one who maybe people are starting to look at and say, he's, he's not the, the man, the player that we saw before injury. I don't think he's, he's regressed in any way. And I, I certainly think when, when a player gets an injury of that significance and is out for that amount of time, and I don't think he's had many injuries of that extent no, in his career. I actually think that he's only ever missed one game because of an injury in his really? career so prior, far. Prior to this. Well, that, well that, that, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? That's one thing that you can't, you can't know that before you sign yeah. a player. He's been absolutely fantastic for Liverpool so far. And, you know, First of all, it's yeah. You don't know how long it's going to take him to recover from the injury itself, and then it's how long is it going to be until he gets match sharpness. You know, there isn't really with Henderson out as well. There isn't really another option, is there, to play in that deeper midfield role unless you really changed it and went for one out or or Milner or someone. And I think the other thing with Fabinho, he's had he's had different partners around him for the last couple of games at least, hasn't he? So, do you think it's just 
the midfield model is the fact that there's been so much rotation there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just a bit of rhythm, isn't it? Because, you know, for, we weren't, we're not really sure how Fabinho is going to react to his injury or how a player that has never really had an injury of sustained period of time is going to react to that. And it's obviously taken him a little while to get back up to speed. You think his early travails at Liverpool were pretty well documented, but then I will rewind back to that Manchester United game last season in December and he was absolutely phenomenal mm. then he had a couple of games but then after that he just turned into essentially the best defensive midfielder on earth and <laughs> you think he's better than Mascarano he's a bit of Alonso put together and you're thinking wow this is some player and then obviously he gets injured and that's quite a big miss for Liverpool and he, he's out for what six weeks was it yeah. so, so it's a pretty lengthy amount of time missed quite a lot of games and he's obviously struggling to, to get back up to speed because he hasn't been the player that we've seen before but Perhaps he is a player that just needs game time, game time, game time to bring him back up to the level where he was at. And I think maybe because he was at such a ridiculously high level, mm. fans are kind of expecting to see that Fabinho right away again. But I think injuries obviously need to be taken into account. Mm. I think the one kind of issue with Fabinho in particular is that if he's on the pitch, if Klopp is picking him, you've got to be hoping that he is ready, he is match fit, he is match sharp. Yeah, Because that is the issue, isn't it? Because you're on the field, you're playing against every team that wants to beat you and decent teams like Chelsea, Watford fighting for their lives, Chelsea fighting for their season in those last two games. So, you know, you've got to hope for a little bit more from him, I think, but particularly what you were saying there, he's had a couple of different partners in that midfield. So he's not going to be used to playing with people week in, week out. Mm. Henderson is obviously such a massive miss. And I think everyone is, even the Henderson haters are starting to <laughs> realise that now because I haven't seen many for a few no, weeks. No, gone quiet. Um, so yeah, it just, there just seems to be something amiss in that midfield. It's not all quite linking up. Similarly to the defence, but I think probably both are linked when your players in front of you aren't, it creates uneasiness behind. It's, it's all kind of just a lack of cohesion all around at the moment. I, I think that's linking the two the two kind of departments. I think that that's absolutely spot on. And you've seen that a few times, not to particularly kind of make Fabinho culpable for this, but not tracking runners and a general bit of sloppiness in, in midfield has, has crept in. Just yeah. passing and stuff as well. Yeah. It's not been as sharp, as quick and no. as accurate. And Totally. But I, I always think this about Liverpool, with the 4-3-3 that Klopp plays, one of the hardest jobs, probably in world football, is to be one of those three because there's so much covering, there's so much tracking around the pitch you have yeah. to do, filling in in certain positions. You're, you're required to defend and attack to you know, facilitate the fullbacks and allow them to be the playmakers that they are. And it's, yeah, if you're not, if you're not 100%, like you said before, if the rhythm isn't fully there, it, I think that's where the cracks start to show with Liverpool a little bit and it, and it affects the other departments. So we'll move on to the last ones and, and we'll kind of take these, Doyle made two final points, which were there's been a lack of energy since the winter break and obviously an inability to score with, with the goals drying up um, at, at, the, at the top end of the pitch. How do you see those two factors? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I would agree with, with both points really, but Liverpool have scored once in their last four games, which is obviously not very good and they scored three against West Ham, but is it, apart from that, it's, yeah, in a few games missing really and it does look like a lack of energy around the whole pitch but again I don't know if that's physical tiredness because obviously you had the winter break or it's mental tiredness given that you know despite what they say they would have been thinking about that invincible run they would be thinking about going for the treble and it's got to wear hard because every team is coming to play the champions of the world the European yeah. champions the unbeatens so every single game 
and it's a cliche, but every single game for those teams is like a, a cup final. And that's got to mm. be so, so tough for Liverpool because they don't blow teams away, like say a Manchester City. You don't put teams to the sword of in the first 10 minutes and then just comfortably get through the game. It's been so many one goal margins fighting to the end of every single game without yeah. fail. There's no been no respite and no let up. And some of those players as well have been playing in the Nations League and the AFCON, or not the AFCON, sorry, the... Um, the Copper America last summer mm. and, and things like that. So there's a lot to take into account. They've played a lot of football um, and it's kind of come into that period of time where we were hopeful getting everybody back from injuries, that this would be a really great time for Liverpool because it would start to be seen to clicking into place. But actually it's kind of had the opposite effect where people have struggled to get rhythm. It's been chopped and changed and people have got injured like Henderson at, at the wrong time really. Yeah. So, I mean, it affects every part of the pitch and particularly the scoring it obviously needs to change before Atletico Madrid comes to town because Liverpool need to win mm. for the first instance and they need to stop Atletico scoring the defence from the other so it's, it's a kind of all the problems are going to come to a head immediately next week and I think obviously Bournemouth on Saturday should hopefully be a good game as it has been before if you could hand pick one side <laughs> it might be Bournemouth to play right now I think that's fair yeah I, I think you make a good point about the the me- mental and physical kind of aspect of all this. I wonder as well, there was there was some comments from Manet the other day when he was talking about, uh, he was talking about the Premier League and w- whether or not you'd get a medal at the end of the season. And I think he, he, he kind of let slip that, oh, that's been the target since the beginning of the season, the Premier League. And I, I do wonder whether, not that the winter break was a, was a bad thing in that respect and uh, whether things have got a little bit slack since, but those players can be forgiven for thinking when they got to that stage of the season that given the gap, you know, it, it was huge, wasn't it, going into the winter break? Mm-hmm. And obviously it is, it is still, the, those those, uh, those points are still pretty much intact. I think they must have thought, well, it's, it's pretty much job done with our main target, which, which you know, it seems was the Premier League. And that, you know, that's, that's kind of almost boxed off. But like you say now, I think the season can still be redefined, can't it? If Liverpool beat Bournemouth and then go into that game next Wednesday against Atletico and, and get through that. You've got the derby on the horizon. Like the all the kind of circumstances are there to to reignite the season, if you like, and, and kind of regain momentum. So final point then from from yesterday, obviously it was it was a defeat. Uh, no one wanted that. No one wanted to go out of the FA Cup, but some positive signs. Yeah, definitely think there were some encouraging signs yesterday. I think looking at Neko Williams and Curtis Jones first, they are two 19-year-old players and I thought both were, were excellent really at Neko down the, the right-hand side of defence. He defended really well. Some of his crossing might have been a bit slack at times but I mean he's an excellent talent and then Curtis Jones really grew into the game and started to really play football mix it with some of Chelsea's players you know like Jorginho and people like that mm. who are you know fully-fledged senior stars and you know I thought he, he started to link up well and again he obviously came off with 20 minutes to go because Liverpool were fighting to win the game but that was encouraging and particularly I thought Minamino, um, actually, in the first half particularly, you know, when he mm. closed down Rudiger and fought him off the ball, created a chance. There was another where he slipped in Mane and he looked really good between the lines and actually I thought he played really well. Klopp said afterwards that if Liverpool were passing the ball a little bit more, that would have helped um, mm. because he, he clearly saw something in Minamino and it's, it's very positive signs to think that Minamino is playing at Stamford Bridge with Chelsea on the front foot and still managing to actually put in a decent performance in that kind of number nine role. So it probably won't be until next season where we really see Minamino start hitting the full heights, but certainly on last night's show, and I'm pretty excited about what he might bring. Absolutely. Well, we'll end on a positive. um, And there's still obviously plenty to play for this season that the, you know, uh, reasserting against Bournemouth and tightening that grip again on the Premier League title is obviously the objective for the Um, Reds. I'm going to just say, if you offered any Liverpool fan, any Liverpool player, oh, you'll go out of every cup, but you'll win the Premier League this season. Yeah. 
at the start of last season, they had been like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And that is obviously very much still on. And of course, it's only half time in the Champions League as well. So roll on next Wednesday. And you know how good we are in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.